Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello, my money-saving comrades. My name's Graham Clark, and I'm excited to be with you again this week on the Money Stepper Savings Challenge podcast. This is a podcast made by the Money Stepper Savings community for the Money Stepper Savings community. It's designed to help us all achieve the goals that we've set for the 2015 Savings Challenge and make that journey to financial freedom much more friendly and enjoyable. Are you ready? Let's get going. A penny saved is not a penny earned if, at the end of the day, you still owe a quarter. Today's quote comes from American politician and former US Senator of State for Louisiana, Mary Landrieu. I was actually searching for quotes which had a quarter in it because um, this podcast celebrates March's results at the end of quarter one. And this is what I stumbled across and I thought it was too good not to share with you. It explains the importance of having or at least of eliminating bad debt from your lives. Because if you owe money, if you have bad debt, so debt that's not leveraged to improve your net worth by investing in other assets, then it's very, very hard to get financially ahead because every penny you save actually isn't a penny earned because you have to put that penny either towards paying down the debt, the principal of the debt, in the best case scenario, or even worse, you have to put it towards paying the interest on the debt, which means you're actually not improving your net worth when you save that penny. So a penny saved contrary to the popular expression, is not, in fact, a penny earned. So I want to keep in mind, and and for those of you who are working towards paying off your debt, hopefully that gives you a bit more resolve to get that debt paid off. And for the rest of you who have already paid off your bad debts, then hopefully this is an incentive to never take any bad debt out again. As I say, today's episode, we're going to speak about March's results. So we released the article on Monday and all the results on, on Monday just gone. They'll be in the show notes there, so you can head on over there and and if you haven't already, see how you did, see how your colleagues in the challenge are getting on. Hopefully you get some inspiration from what others are doing there. So we'll recap on the results and also, as usual, when we do these month ends, I will relay what I've learned from your comments and what I've learned from you guys and what I want to share back with the rest of the group. 
As ever, we'll finish with a good news article. Before we crack into that, um, just a reminder that if you're in the UK and if you're thinking about or currently investing in property, then make sure you head on over to rmpproperty.com forward slash money stepper, where you'll find a free 10-step checklist of all the things you should do before you start to invest in property. Furthermore, if you go to that page and you download the free guide, you'll also be able to set up a meeting, either face-to-face in in RMP's London offices or over Skype or over the telephone, where you can discuss your potential plans for property investment, discuss your general goals, and they'll give you a lot of help and advice in those areas. The guide's free. The meeting that you can set up is free. Everything pretty much that Rob and Rob do, including uh, their work with RMP Property, comes free. Those who listen to the Property Podcast will know that. Um, So go over there and enjoy what they've got to offer. Right, let's crack on with March's results. So I'll start with myself, as I do every month. And for me, it was personally a very good month uh, in all aspects of my life, which is nice to report. I came back from France at the start of the month after my couple of months out there. I was greeted by all of my friends in a cottage in the north of England uh, to celebrate my birthday, which my fiance had very kindly organised for me. Uh, I was followed by a few chilled out weekends, a bit of a wedmin for the upcoming wedding at the end of May. Partly linked to that, I've started to hit the gym a bit more. I've actually started a program called Strong Lifts 5x5, which is trying to make me a little bit stronger uh, through some power lifting and things like that. I won't go into too much detail on that. I don't usually agree with people going to gyms. I think a lot of gyms are a waste of money, especially for how often people go to them. This gym is just around the corner from me and costs £15 a month. And I probably go three or four times a week. So for me, it's much cheaper than than alternatives of buying weightlifting equipment or pay-as-you-go or any of those kind of things. So for me, it makes sense to do that. Um, but it's often something that we at Money Stepper suggest is something you look at in your budget if you're spending £80 a month to go to these expensive gyms which you never use. Um, then that's something you might want to address. I've been cycling more. When I left France, I actually had to sell my road bike the end of last summer because I couldn't ship it back that easily, back to the UK. So I sold it then, and now that the winter, the tough winter up north is over, I've bought myself a replacement uh, road bike there off eBay. I'm doing the coast-to-coast cycle at the start of May, so I've been really really pushing on that in the last couple of weeks. Um, Regarding my mini challenge for March, I succeeded on that. I listened to podcasts at 1.5 times speed and I reorganised all my podcasts to make them more efficient so I'm learning more about the things that I genuinely want to learn about. The end of the month, as I mentioned, and I posted a couple of photos on the article, bought my stag do. Again, personally, physically, uh, mentally, it was pretty brutal but I survived it. Financially, it was fine because it had all been budgeted beforehand. And it's something that we discuss again in the article, which was released on Monday, about how you can account for these expenses that you know are coming up in the long term by putting away a little bit each month. You record that against your expenses each month and you build up a liability on the net worth. So in the month, you actually incur the expense. The only transaction is that you cancel the liability against the decrease with cash when you pay the cash 
it's the best way from a personal finance perspective to kind of smooth those one-off expenses through the year um, and it's the way that that I personally do it and would recommend that you did. Overall, from a financial perspective, it was a fantastic month for me. As as I predicted in January and February, it would be. Um, I paid my year-end dividend from Money Stepper to myself, to Graham Clark, the individual. And so for my own personal finances, uh, I saw a big, big rise in my net worth, which is now at 15% for the year. My goal for the entire year was 25%, meaning that my pro rata at this point should have been 6.3. So I'm a long way ahead of that. Equally, my savings rate goal is 30% and I'm currently sitting at 57% due to being able to save a high proportion of the amount that I got paid from a dividend has gone straight into my ISA for next year. So I'm ahead of where I should be, but then again, I have to factor in the fact that this year-end dividend won't come around again. But equally, I do aim to pay myself quarterly dividends from Money Stepper, so we'll see how that all works out going forwards. Looking how the markets have performed so far, a little bit above average, um, but nothing nothing majorly so. And equally, I haven't had any house price changes built into my results, but they are built into my into my goal. So later in the year, if when I revalue my house uh, because I'll be refinancing my mortgage, I will probably see at that point an increase in my net wealth as a result of that. All that said, to say that at the end of Q1, as I've encouraged all you to do, I will be re-evaluating my goals and I'll be pushing my net worth goal up from 25% to 30% and equally my savings rate goal up from 30% to 35%. I think it's important to keep on pushing ourselves. In January and in December, I actually was featured on a couple of podcasts you might have heard of, uh, Pete Matthews' uh, Meaningful Money. He's a participant in the challenge himself and the Stacking Benjamin show, both of which I talked about smart goals and making smart goals smarter. And one of my key points there is that I think the smart goals, where the A historically and smart has been achievable, I think we should replace that with aspirational or ambitious. And I want to keep everyone's goals as ambitious as possible to make sure we achieve everything we can. It's going to be much better for all of us, and I'm going to be much happier if every single person in the in the challenge fails against a goal where they're trying to increase their net worth by 100% rather than succeeding against a net worth goal uh, of 50% because you're much likely to fall just below the 100 than you are if you don't reevaluate those goals, in which case you'll probably finish just above your 50% goal. The smarter that I talk about, the E and the R at the end are evaluated and reviewed and this is what I'm suggesting everyone does at the end of Q1. You have a look at how you've done so far, you have a look at your goal you have a look at what might come up for the rest of the year to try and reevaluate and have a good old review of your goals and then set some new goals if you can push them up and actually I would suggest everyone pushes them further than they think they should be ambitious uh, a lot of people have replied uh, to my suggestion of improving their goals saying oh I'm not sure I've got a bit more of an expensive summer coming up that kind of thing My response to that is it's good. It's good to predict and try and be as accurate as you can. But at the same time, unless you set those really lofty, ambitious goals, you're not going to achieve them. So as the old saying goes, shoot for the stars because if you fall, you'll land in the clouds. So how have all you been getting on? Well, pretty, pretty darn well. Let's have a look. In the challenge so far, 24 of you are ahead of both your net worth and your savings rate goals. 
In comparison, a meagre four of you are ahead in one and behind in the other, and five people are currently behind in both goals. However, of those five who are behind in both goals, one person hasn't updated the value of their pensions and some other investments because they only find out through a statement once a year how they're going. So they once that statement comes through, that'll shoot up their net worth. Two people are behind because they've recently had a purchase on a car. However, and as I'll come to later, I think that maybe they both accounted for that purchase incorrectly in the in the in the spreadsheet and we'll discuss that in quite a lot of detail later in this podcast and two peoples have suffered emergencies and as a result they had very unexpected payments coming out and that's put them behind where they thought they would be overall you guys are unbelievable your net worth increase so far is 14.7 percent the average of everyone's net worth increase and you're averaging a savings rate of 48%. You're almost saving half of your net income. Now, as I've said before, there's a lot of advice that goes around that says that you should try. And by try, it makes it sound aspirational. You should try to save 10% of your net income. Pay yourself first 10%. We're absolutely smashing that in the group. 10% is a long way a long way behind us. We can barely see where 10% is anymore. 48%. Truly remarkable. Let's put it into some context. The average UK employee earns a salary of £28,500. Okay? So we're going to say that is the amount the average person gets paid and it's their total income for the year, the salary plus any bonuses they get as well. That would mean that their take-home pay, their net income on that, was around £22,500. If we take 48% of that, as the average in the group is saving, they would have about £10,700, £10,800 a year pushed towards savings. We'll also say that because we understand the importance of pension savings, and especially employer match pension savings, that the average person could be saving 7% in their match pension. If you're saving 48% of your net income, then obviously that is achievable, which would add another 2,000 onto that. So overall, you'll be saving £12,700 a year into your investments. Now let's take that £12,700 a year and let's say you invest it every year at 7% after inflation which if you invest wisely in property or you invest in in markets, that's the historical performance after inflation is around that mark. Let's say you do that for 30 years. Can you guess how much that money will be worth in 30 years' time? Well, it'll be worth £1.2 million in today's money. You'll be a millionaire. And do you know what the benefit is of being a millionaire when you retire? Well, if we're basing that 7% as the amount you can earn after inflation, then that could be your drawdown rate on your investment savings without ever having to reduce your investment savings. Because after inflation, they'll go up by 7%. You take out that 7% and you're left with the same amount you started with. £1.2 million times 7% is £84,000. So for someone who only earned a salary of £28,500... 
for all of their life, for 30 years, we'll say they're working 30 years, realistically, people work for actually much longer. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. 30 years on average. But let's say you work for 30 years, then you can retire, and your income in retirement would be £84,000 a year. Inflation adjusted. It's over triple what you were earning when you worked. All this to say that if you guys carry on saving 48%, financial freedom is not far away for a lot of you. But what have I learned from each of you individually? Every month I say this, you keep sending in the comments and every month they become more detailed and, and more involved and I absolutely love that. It takes some time to read them and to respond to them, but that is part of what I get from this challenge, being able to understand what's going on with you guys so I can kind of try and avoid the mistakes anyone's making. Equally, I can copy the things that people are doing very well and just generally I take a lot of inspiration from these comments. So what have I learned this month? Well, I'll start with the point that I referred to before around uh, the accountant for cars. So Nicola, in the challenge, she said she was much, she was quite a long way behind because she'd just bought a new second-hand car. First of all, well done. Well done for buying a second-hand car. I think that's the right decision. You'll find a few articles on Money Stepper if you have a quick search explaining why. But as far as the spreadsheet's concerned, well, this backs up why you should do it. Let's say you buy a second-hand car and you pay £7,000 in cash for that car. What happens? Well, your cash falls by £7,000, but now you've actually got a car. There's a lot of discussion about whether a car is an asset, a liability, etc. A lot of it comes from Rich Dad, Poor Dad, how they say that these things are liabilities because they lead to future expenses. That's not actually the definition of a liability. The car is an asset. It has value and it's something you own. It might lead to future expenses, but right now it is an asset. And what happens in the spreadsheet is that you pay your cash and therefore you have an asset which is worth something. When you buy a second-hand car, you can usually sell that car for about the price you paid for it, unless you got ripped off. 
So you might say, okay, I paid £7,000 cash in total. I now have an asset of 6500 because that is how much I could sell it for after fees. And therefore, I have an expense of £500, the difference. But it doesn't significantly impact your net worth on the day that you buy the car, when you buy second hand. However, if you buy a new car for £14,000 in cash... As soon as you drive that car off the forecourt, it loses a significant amount of value. Let's say it falls to about 11k, £11,000 that you could resell the car for. Well, in that case, your cash reduces by 14, your asset increases by 11, so you have a £3,000 difference, which is an expense. So when you buy secondhand, your expense on the day is very small. If anything, if you, if you buy very wisely, you could actually make money from the car. If you buy from someone who is in need of selling their car, it probably is worth more than actually what you can buy it for if you get a bargain. But when you buy new, you'll always have that significant expense the moment you drive off the forecourt. So we always suggest people should buy second-hand cars. Dave Ramsey actually makes uh, the argument that unless you have a net worth of over a million dollars, you should never buy a new car. I agree. In fact, I'd go further than that. I don't actually see the point of ever buying a new car. If you want to buy a car from someone who's owned it for three months and their personal situation has changed and you can get it for 60-70% of the value of the new car, it's three months old. It's, it's still practically new. The only difference is where you buy it from. So, uh, Nicola, well done for going second-hand and... It reminded me about how you account for these things and the, and the sheer impact. And you can see it visually when you fill in your spreadsheet, buying a new car might have on you. Marianne and actually Chad Vorta as well. Uh, Chad said in his comments that his wife is starting a side business. But Marianne talked about this more and she's saying that she's going to commit two hours a day to her side business. Now, I think it's absolutely integral that people... If they want to get ahead financially and reach financial freedom quickly, they need to look for ways of increasing their income and often ways to diversify their income. So look at other ways, other streams of income you can build, especially passively, that you can in the future not work so much on that bring in income. But let's imagine it's not passive. Let's imagine it's active and you spend two hours a day on your side business for your entire working career. We'll do the same calculation as before. We'll say for those two hours a day, you're earning minimum wage. Okay, You only earn £7 an hour. And you do it five days a week, 52 weeks a year. It's £3,640 a year. How much is that worth in the 30 years' time? Or just over £350,000, using the assumptions from above. And what does that give you in retirement income? It gives you another £24,000 in retirement income. That goes to say that the amount that your side income could provide to you in retirement is almost as much as your day job for the average employee is now. So two hours a day, it might seem like a lot, but maybe getting up an hour earlier and putting an hour in the morning and an hour before you go to bed, if that becomes the norm, it's not that much of a chore and you'll really reap the benefits later, either by having more money in retirement or being able to retire that little bit early or whatever else you want to do with that cash. Tom um, reminded me about why I set up Money Stepper in the first place. So when I started out, I was 
very much concentrating on how small things can have a big impact when you add compound interest and you look at them mathematically. And one of the first articles we ever did was cutting down on one beer in the pub and taking and stopping buying that coffee at Starbucks or Costa Coffee or wherever else. Tom has just put this into practice. He started brewing his own coffee and taking it into work or cutting down on that coffee that he gets from uh, the takeaway barista. And it reminded me that even though small things can lead to tens of thousands of pounds in the long run, so to concentrate on the small expenses because they all add up. Um, Pete reinforces my point earlier on cars. He said in his comment that this month is car loans finishing, so he expects his net wealth and his savings rate to improve next month, and hopefully that is the last car loan he will ever have. He only wrote this in a comment which I saw in Excel, but I could almost hear the relief in his voice as he was writing it. Loads of you this month have taught me something important about big one-off incomes. So Jeannie B, Mr Zombie, Matt Sommer, Weenie, Michael Smith, you all received a year-end bonus. And all of you have said how you put that to good use rather than blowing it on on a treat for yourselves. You've all kind of put it towards your investments or paying down your debt or to something that will improve your net worth in the long run. El Martinez, you did the same thing with a tax refund. And I'm proud to say I did the same thing with my year-end dividend for my company, which I put straight into my ISA for the 2015-16 tax year. Dan T sent me a quote Maybe uh, on reflection I should have had this as the quote of, of the week, but he sent me something which was related to his personal situation because Dan said that at the minute his weighting of how much cash he owns in his net worth is much higher than he'd like it to be. But he's looking to buy a new property, but he can't really find any great deals. He's looking, but he hasn't. nothing's come up at the minute. And he sent a quote from Charlie Munger, the vice chairman of Berkshire Hathaway, who says, it takes character to sit there with all that cash and do nothing. I didn't get to where I am today by going after mediocre opportunities. And it's something that is really important to consider, and it's something that's hit home for me, because uh, having moved back to the UK in September and being self-employed, there's a couple of things that make my situation on borrowing for either a business or for for long-term property investment a little bit tricky at the minute with the banks but by about June time they should have alleviated and I'll kind of have access to those funds to be able to invest primarily into property and it's important that I don't get too excited at that point and I remember this and thanks Dan for sending this through because often you get a lot of deals and some will work mathematically but might not be the best and it's important not to jump at the first opportunity um, but rather stick it out and wait for those really good good opportunities that come your way. Sorry to mention Dave Ramsey again, but he suggests that you should never buy investment property unless you can get it for less than 20% of its market value, which is actually a rule that our sponsors, RMP Property, try and stick to as well when they source properties for investments. So thanks for that, Dan. Greg has sent an absolute essay of a comment <laughs> Uh, But the crux is that basically when he started, he thought that he'd try and improve his net worth by 2% and achieve a savings rate of 16%. Already by Q1, he has revaluated that upwards to 11% and 35% respectively. 
And I think Greg's learning a lot, and hopefully a lot of you are learning a lot in the challenge about the power that, that setting goals and tracking very closely against those goals can actually have. And he sends an interesting comment in. He says, what is it that's made me achieve these things? Well, it's truly asking myself if any given purchase is worth the money and not just giving in to impulse. Now, these are opinions which are echoed by Sean Butler and AJ in the comments of the March results. And they say similar things that they're actually taking some joy in not spending money. They're finding that in the past, uh, a little bit of retail therapy did them good. But actually now, when going to the shops, not buying the thing and realising that you didn't need it in the first place is actually what is making them feel a sense of achievement, which is really good. And it's something that I've experienced in the past and continue to experience today. So that's about it from, from the comments and what I learned from you guys. Overall, I've learned that I'm really, really loving this challenge. My 15% net worth so far and my 57% savings rate wouldn't have been possible and it wouldn't have been so high if it wasn't for you guys kind of encouraging me and teaching me and and just being there. And AJ also talks about a sense of competitive spirit that she gets from seeing how other people are getting on. And if you're not competitive, you can't win by very nature because you're not in the competition if you're not competitive. So giving me that heightened sense of competitiveness has also helped me improve my results even further. Most of us know how to save. Most of us know that if we if we invest our money for the long term, then we will be better off in the long term. But it's the mindset that we need to change. And I found that Recently, I found that in the last couple of years, I found that even further back that if we can get the mindset right, if you can concentrate on achieving those goals and really focus on them, then that is where you succeed. And for me, that's the greatest strength of this community. And I just want to thank you all again for making sure that my mindset stays focused, as focused as it can be. Thank you. Right then, the Feel good article, the good news article of the week. In the past, we've looked at scientific breakthroughs that have helped people see for the first time of years. We've looked at people's charitable and giving actions, which have helped others in their community. But today, I will add into the show notes the most trivial video you'll ever see. A bloke in a car getting stuck in his seatbelt. It's maybe not inspirational or aspirational, but it made me feel good uh, this morning. So I dare you to watch it and not laugh at it. Also, a recommendation from Sean Butler. Uh, Anyone who likes an alternative commentary on things, think Private Eye. Um, Check out the Kaiser Report. It's on RT and there's also a YouTube channel, which I'll link in the show notes. It discusses all things finance, but it gives kind of an alternative view and it discusses the the world of, of scandal in finance, in the banking industry, and it kind of gives the opposite of opinion of what the mainstream media does. Two things. One, it's for entertainment only. Remember that. Don't base any of your investment advice on it, because if you did, you probably never invest in anything ever again. And it's a particular show. The, the host, Max Kaiser, is kooky at best uh, perhaps possibly drunk but it's a very very entertaining show so uh, thanks Sean for sending that through and I'll link the YouTube channel in the show notes March finished Q1 finished challenges going 
so much better than I even could have imagined it would have done for me personally and for the group as a whole. Please leave a review on iTunes for this podcast if you can. Contribute to the comments in the after each article to make sure that the participation keeps going, that we can keep discussing and learning from each other. Again, Twitter and Facebook are there for that as well. And if applicable, send me your updated goals. Remember, really push yourself with those revised goals. It doesn't matter if you fail against them. It's better to fail against an ambitious goal than to succeed against an easy one. But other than that, you know the drill. Keep on climbing. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.